Good morning. Welcome to another episode of our monthly series, Hard Truths, examining systemic racism in the U.S. Today, how flawed technology is making its way into the U.S. immigration system. Facial recognition has become a pretty common part of our lives, whether it's when you pick up your phone to unlock it or when Facebook knows how to tag you in a photo. Most of us know what it's like to have our faces scanned to prove our identity. But this technology can be rife with racial bias, particularly against Black people. Even in simple uses of that technology, you know, being able to determine whether a person's face is is facing a phone or a camera or whether a person's hand is under a sink to get the sink to, to, to run water. We've seen problems there. That's Chaz Arnett, a law professor at the University of Maryland, who's dedicated his career to studying how digital technologies are expanding the reach of the criminal justice system and hurting Black and Latino people. He's especially interested in how this faulty tech can have some very serious consequences. Just in the past year, we've had the first two cases where a person was charged on uh, and arrested on the basis of facial recognition uh, evidence. Um, and it you know, later was revealed uh, that that evidence was, was inaccurate. You had a, a man in Michigan and another Black man out of New Jersey, both who were charged with, with crimes that they were not guilty of. Because of these errors, Boston and San Francisco recently became the first two cities to ban police departments and local agencies from using facial recognition technology. But even as some cities start to move away from this technology, it's starting to show up in the federal U.S. immigration system. I see great overlaps between the way in which facial recognition technology is being used um, in criminal legal processes and in the immigration system context in which you know, from the United States government mantra, it's, it's, it's not a criminal process, but you see people being treated in, in, in ways that uh, seem eerily like criminalization. For Professor Arnett, this is troubling because the immigration system is not supposed to be based on criminalization. But more and more, DHS and ICE are using that same facial recognition technology to keep track of detainees outside of detention centers. A lot of this started back in 2004, when ICE announced its Alternatives to Detention program, which, according to an ICE press release, would, quote, relieve pressure from detention space, unquote, and allow them to, quote, prioritize detaining criminals and other public safety and security risks. The Alternatives to Detention program was intended to solve a real problem. As populations in detention centers were on the rise, with space running out and conditions deteriorating, the goal was to move away from detaining asylum seekers and migrants who were waiting to resolve their immigration cases. But immigration officials still needed a way to keep track of these people, specifically people who were waiting for a court hearing or who were waiting to be deported. At first, they relied on ankle monitors, home visits, and phone calls. But in recent years, they've started using an app called SmartLink for people going through the system to check in with ICE regularly. Once it's downloaded on a phone, officials can send a notification at any time, and the person on the other end has to promptly upload three photos of their face from the front, left, and right profiles. The app also lets ICE monitor the person's live GPS location. In the last two years, accelerated by the pandemic, ICE has more than doubled its use of this SmartLink app to track people. According to a congressional research report, just 12% of individuals in the ICE app program were using the SmartLink application as of June 2019. But according to ICE's latest numbers, as of September 2021, almost 55% of people in the program are now using the app. 
It's sold by BI Incorporated, which is a subsidiary of Geo Group, one of the largest private prison companies in the country. An important note for our audience, we reached out to both Geo Group and ICE for comment on this story, but did not hear back before we published this episode. Here's where we get back to the problems Professor Arnett mentioned at the beginning. Facial recognition technology itself isn't very good at recognizing people of color. This app also just doesn't seem to work very well for anyone. Miguel is one of thousands of people who have been using this app in the last year, and his biggest frustration with it is that it just doesn't work. When he gets a notification to check in, Miguel has 15 minutes to take and upload a photo of his face, and he only gets five tries. He's saying more often than not, the app won't recognize his picture or will fail to upload. If the 15 minutes pass, he gets a mark on his record. Miguel says he can only have three marks before he's in danger of being sent to detention center or being deported. And Miguel, like so many in the Alternatives to Detention program, is waiting to resolve his immigration case. He came to the border in June 2019 to find treatment for his leukemia. He says when he got to the border, he was very sick, with a fever and cold sweats. It had been a year since he'd taken any medication or had any treatment. Eventually, Miguel was able to see a doctor while he was detained at the Ote Mesa Detention Center in San Diego. And then COVID hit. And in April 2020, when many vulnerable ICE detainees were being let out of detention, immigration officials released him with an ankle monitor and sent him to Texas, where his family was. At first, there was a relief. But Miguel quickly became stressed about doing something wrong while wearing the ankle monitor. For that first week, Miguel says he didn't sleep because he was constantly monitoring and recharging the battery. Five months later, the ankle monitor came off, but Miguel was put under more supervision. Immigration officials had him download the SmartLink app on his phone. Miguel is going through asylum proceedings, but he says being under constant supervision makes him feel like a criminal, which, as Professor Arnett says, is also one of the problems with how the system is using this technology. One of the things that we should also talk about is our definition of safety, right? And this idea that there are threats, that there are certain people that we can identify, that we can protect our borders, that we can protect our urban streets. And facial recognition technology is being sold in that way as a uh, device that can help us in that regard. We can ask, how does facial recognition, how is it being used, right? Are we using facial recognition to help provide people uh, services? Are we using it to, to, to help people attain education? No, we're using it in this very narrow and limited way. In 15 seconds, we'll be back with more on how this technology fits into the immigration system. Welcome back to Hard Truths. I'm Nyla Boudou. Oftentimes, surveillance technology like the SmartLink app is framed as an alternative to being physically imprisoned or detained. But Professor Arnett says this isn't necessarily a better option. I think about what just happened with the Haitian immigrants at the Mexican border, right? A number of the migrants, uh, the Haitian migrants that are now here are being subjected to surveillance technology through 
digital devices, right? You know, many of these individuals who are, who remain, who were allowed to enter and who are in uh, the U.S. Um, waiting to have a determination of their status, that they have been given digital devices like so cell phones, uh, where they check in on those devices using facial recognition technology, using voice uh, recognition uh, technology, and also GPS tracking and monitoring, right? The presumption there is that these people are a danger to the country, right? That these people are deviant, that these people have the capacity to be criminal or else why, why else would we need to surveil them? Why couldn't we just give them um, a court date for them to return to court uh, for their hearings and moving through the immigration system process, right? There's the presumption there of dangerousness. And that, that presumption is a historical one of black and brown people entering and, and border relations with, the, with this country. How much of it is, though, the fact that our immigration system is a mess? And I think everyone, no matter where you come stand on the political spectrum, agrees that our immigration system is completely broken. And how much is this reliance on technology an inevitable or cheaper way to try to work around a broken system? Oftentimes, the technologies that are being introduced, surveillance technologies, whether we're talking about facial recognition technology, whether we're talking about drones or, or smart walls at the border or electronic ankle monitors, which are oftentimes used on migrants, they're often presented as a solution or resolution to a mess or a, a huge social problem uh, that we're wrestling with. And yes, I mean, the the immigration uh, process and context and what's happening at the border has been horrendous, um, regardless of the administration and in, in office. We've had significant issues. Technology is not going to solve the massive global problems that lead to huge populations of individuals attempting uh, to cross borders. And those are the real issues that we have to address. And facial recognition technologies, it seems like a, a temporary uh, a band-aid or, or, or a way of determining who can be worthy of entering the country or not. So at the border, you know, most Border Patrol uh, agents don't even have to have a reason or suspicion to use facial recognition technology to search a person, to break down your car. They don't actually need to be able to justify that. And that is for citizens. And when we think about individuals who are undocumented, who are not citizens, right, their rights are even less valued. There again, we see that comparison between those who are, you know, uh, come in contact with the criminal justice system and those who are migrants and immigrants attempting to cross the border, both are viewed as vulnerable, as disposable, and both um, have to wrestle with uh, limited rights. As ICE continues to expand its alternatives to detention program, many are starting to question whether using facial recognition or other surveillance technology is the best way to keep track of migrants and asylum seekers who aren't dangerous. Miguel hasn't been told how long he will need to keep the SmartLink app. He has gotten used to it by now, but he's still frustrated by the fact that he has to be constantly monitored and by the app's flaws, which he worries could end up putting him back in detention. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to be here, he says. And he's not trying to hide. Even without an app or an ankle monitor, Miguel says immigration officials could always find him if they had to. Thank you. 
Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. This episode was produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez and edited by Alexandra Boti. Alex Sugiyara is our sound engineer. Special thanks to our editor-in-chief, Sarah Kehilani Gu, executive producer Dan Bobkoff, and executive editor Asia Whitaker-Moore. And for this episode especially, Axios' managing editor of technology, Scott Rosenberg. And we always want to know what you think. You can email us at podcasts at axios.com. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back with the news on Monday.